When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. One church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. I am ready to receive and fully submit to God's word, which is the lamp to my feet and the light to my path. In this year of fruitfulness, I will manifest good results in every area of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Say, stand up for just one second. Would you do me a favor? Go to Matthew 17, 21. We're going to put it up in the King James Version. In the English Standard Version of the Scriptures, this particular verse was placed differently. So they're going to put it up in King James. So if you use our app where you have English Standard or several other versions, you may be like, there's no verse 21. It's not that there's no verse 21. It was just moved a little differently in English Standard. It's up in King James. That's old school. Somebody say old school. You, you could really read if you could read the King James Version. By the by, yeah. And so-and-so begot so-and-so, and they did it with it, the Lord, you know, all that. Matthew 17, 21. However, this kind. Somebody say the kind I'm dealing with. It does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Look at me. Jesus says there's some miracles you're never going to see until you combine prayer and fasting together. Well, church, what are we doing in the month of May? Combining prayer and fasting together, which means there's no miracle we can't tap into this month. I'm going to back that thing up and say it again. Jesus says this kind. Somebody say the hard kind. Say the difficult kind. He says, you can't get those miracles unless you fast and pray together. Well, what are we doing, church, in the month of May? Fasting and praying, which means there's no miracle we can't tap into. I need you to lay your hands on yourself and say, you're going to see God's supernatural power. Say, you're going to see it this month in Jesus' name. Father, speak to us now that we move and walk in what you have ordained. Customize, tailor, make this word for us, your people. I pray that today decisions will be made for people to become Christians and give their lives to you. I pray that nothing would inhibit the flow of this word today as we're in this month of miracles, signs, and wonders. In Jesus' name we pray. Would you give him one more great shout of praise? You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. We're in this series we started Wednesday called Miracle Signs Wonders. Say it with me. Miracle Signs Wonders. A miracle is a supernatural occurrence not limited to healing. See, uh, watch this. A miracle means it's something super or beyond natural, which means it's not a miracle if you can explain it. It's not a miracle if you can say, well, I figured this and I figured that and I figured that. It's only a miracle if God has to intervene and do something supernatural. It is now the difference between Clark Kemp and Superman. See, Clark Kemp was a natural man, but Superman was a Superman, which means he could do things that everybody else could not do because it was built into him. You need to know that the same God that parted the Red Sea is alive today. 
The same God that healed the blinded eyes is alive today. The same God that stopped issues of blood after 12 years is alive today. The same God that rained down food from heaven. They call it angel food or manna. He's alive today. The same God that when they spoke to a rock and water came out is alive today. The same God that made the sun stand still so Joshua could get vengeance on his enemies is alive today. And he's not just alive. Baby, he's ready to work in your life. I need you to lay your hands on yourself and say miracles supernatural church which means God says there's no natural explanation for this you can't blame it on your degree you can't attribute it uh, to your education you can't attribute it to who you know you can't attribute it to this that or the other the only explanation is going to be God did that thing can I tell you some of you are facing some situations where if God don't do it can't nobody do it and can I tell you that makes you the prime candidate for a I said that makes you the prime candidate for a Stop being mad at your circumstances. Your circumstances are an answer to what you prayed for. You said, God, I want to see your power. He says, so let me give you an impossible situation so that you see I'm the God that can do the impossible. I'm the God that can do the improbable. Would you shake your neighbors huh? like you're going to shake it off? Say, he's a miracle worker. He's a... Try somebody else. Say, he's a miracle worker. I don't care how long you dealt with it by the end of May, you're going to see a miracle. I don't care how long it's been there by the end of May, you're going to see a miracle. I don't care what the doctor said. By the Clearly, I got to raise your faith. Not only, watch this, is it a supernatural occurrence not limited to healing, it defies the very laws of nature. See, the laws of nature say, watch this, gravity says if you throw something up, it's going to do what? Fall down. Watch this. When you're dealing with miracles, you throw it up, God will keep it up. Many of us have learned how to live with limps. We've learned how to live with stuff that God says, I got the power to change that. There was a man in the Bible who for 38 years, say 38. For 38 years, he sat by a pool. And the Bible says once a year, the angel would come down and the angel would stir that water. And whoever got in right after the water was stirred would be healed. Here's my question. For 38 years, after the first couple of years, you should have been tracking when the angel was coming. Secondly, when you thought the angel was coming, you shouldn't have been way back over here. You should have scooted yourself over next to the pool so that all you had to do was roll over into that thing. Can I tell you, there's some stuff that you just decided, I guess this is going to be my lot. I guess this is the way my life is going to be. And God says, I need you not to accept what I'm about to change. I need you not to live with what I'm about to remove. I need you not to think that you got to be messed up, jacked up, tied up, tangled up because your mama them was, because your daddy was. God says, you are. Mm, you are the interruption to the dysfunction in your bloodline. You are the curse breaker in your bloodline. And what I'm going to do through you, I've not done through anybody else before. Shout miracles. So watch me, watch me. It's not just a supernatural occurrence. It's not limited to healing. It defies the laws of nature. A sign is something wonderful. So in the word sign, we get both sign and wonder. It's something wonderful man cannot take the credit for. God says, when I do this, you can't get the credit for it. There are certain things God hasn't moved on because he knew you'd take the credit. You'd say, well, this because I went to this school. This because I know this person. This because I do this. This because of that. And God says, when I do miracles, signs, and wonders, you're not going to be able to take the credit for it. You're not going to be able to do anything except say, God did it. Watch this. And there's some people God lets you see before your miracle. So that after your miracle, when they say, how'd that happen? You'll be able to say, remember that God I was telling you about? You saw me before he worked a miracle. And now you see me after the miracle. I need you to know you're getting ready to be a walking advertisement for God. You're getting ready to be a display of God's power. How you like me now? Back then, they didn't want you. Now God going to make you hot. They're going to be all up on you. Look at your neighbor and say, he's going to work a miracle. God says, I needed to let them see you in your mess. So that when they see your miracle, they know I'm real. Because some of your family folks still don't believe I'm God. I'm going to prove it through you. Some of your friends still don't believe I'm God. I'm going to prove it through you. Some of your co-workers talk trash to you because you believe in God. And God says, I needed them to see you crying because they're about to see you conquer. I needed them to see you in lack because they're about to see you live like you've never lived before. Shout miracle. Miracle signs and wonders. He's the God that works miracles, signs, and wonders. And so to kick this series off, we're fasting for 21 days because Matthew 17, 21 says some things will never happen until in our lives until we fast and pray together. And this is important to understand. Why? Because we learned on Wednesday fasting focuses us. 
Fasting is also in the scripture called the afflicting of our soul. Our soul is our mind, thoughts, will, and emotions. When you're not used to being able to medicate your soul through what you eat, it now makes you see yourself more clearly. You don't see the real you when you're full. No, seriously, it's just that simple. You don't see the real you after you had a cheeseburger. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. You don't see the real you when you can medicate your soul, mind, thoughts, will, and emotions with your food. You see the real you when you have to afflict your soul by altering your diet drastically because the sugar you normally run to, you can't run to. Who can I run to? Y'all not saying nothing. On Facebook, on Facebook, on Facebook, I asked you, uh, what was, what did you think was the most overlooked miracle in the Bible? Y'all had some great answers. Y'all talked about Balaam and the donkey. Y'all talked about uh, Jesus turning water into wine, keep the party going. Y'all talked about, y'all had several different things that you mentioned. You talked about the parting of the Red Sea. All of these were great answers, but the truth is, is that it was really a trick question. Okay, so nobody won. Okay, it's a trick question. Uh, why, Bishop? Because the greatest overlooked miracle in the scripture isn't a miracle Jesus actually performed. It was one that he offered. Sometimes the greatest thing God did was something somebody missed. Touch the name and say, don't be that person. Don't be that person that in 2,000 years when they're reading the book of you, they're shaking their head. Talking about, Woo, why won't she just listen? Why can't he sit down somewhere? Touch the name and say, don't be that person. Because that's how you do when you read the Bible today. You look at the children of Israel and you talk about how they walked around the same mountain for 40 years. And you just be shaking your head. Can't believe that. Don't be the person in 2,000 years where they reading you like, can't believe that. Mark chapter 10 chronicles this particular miracle. And we're going to go line upon line, precept upon precept. You've never heard this message before unless you were here at the 915, and then you're going to pretend like you've never heard this message before. I'll preach it in such a way to where you'll think you've never heard it. Mark 10, 17. Say Mark. Mark 10, 17. And Jesus was setting out on his journey. And a man, the scripture refers to this man as a rich young ruler. Let me stop. I need you to know Jesus is for everybody. He's for every age. He's for every background. He's for every generation. That's why in the scripture, the Bible calls him the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Why? Because he's the God of every generation. You're not too young for him. You're not too old for him. You're not too this. You're not too that. Somebody say Jesus is for everybody. And I know in America, I was watching a documentary about how many Christians, I'm going to go there, how many Christians sometimes view Christianity because of political persuasions in America where politics has now married itself to Jesus. And so now the presentation of Jesus is married to a particular political movement. But I need you to know Jesus is not a Republican. I need you to know he's not a Democrat. I need you to know Jesus didn't come to take anybody's side. Jesus just came to take over. Why are you telling us that, Bishop? Because there's some people that say, if your Jesus is that cruel, I don't want him. But that's only because you have misaligned him with movements that men have made to try to project Jesus in a certain way. I need you to touch your neighbor and say, he's for everybody. If you got money, he's for you. If you're on your way up, he's for you. If you got good credit, he's for you. If you're working on it, he's for you. If you're black, white, yellow, young, old, Jesus is for everybody. So this rich young ruler comes to him. And when he comes to him, he says, he runs up to him. Now, listen, Jesus had Peter around him. Jesus had security around him. Peter was, uh, was one of the chief of security. You know that because Peter, later on, Peter took another dude's sword and cut this man's ear off. That's a thug. How are you going to take my sword and cut me? I need him on my team. You hear me? Watch. So, 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 so this guy runs up on Jesus. And when he runs up on Jesus, watch me. The Bible says he kneels before him. This is important. Even though he had money, he knew he had to kneel. Some, don't be the kind of person where you can't be trusted with possessions or wealth or anything because you get arrogant when you're on your way up. Don't be the kind of person where you only run to Jesus when you're struggling. I don't know about you, but watch this. I don't want nobody just being my friend because they're going through a rough time. But we can't be Christians like that. We can't only run to Jesus because you had a breakup. Where were you doing the relationship? We can't only run to Jesus because you had a bad financial day. Where were you when you were at the top? Yeah, 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 yeah. He was rich and young. He was young, single, and free. 
He had do re me. Faso latida. He runs up to Jesus and he approaches a teacher as a student. Let me stop right there. Many people miss out because they are too arrogant to jump in. Whenever you approach somebody you need something from, you don't approach them as their equal. You approach them as a student. We got too many students wanting to be teachers that approach teachers as if they're teachers when they're really students. Here's the truth. We all should live our everyday lives as students. Somebody say, I'm a student. And he asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, verse 18, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. Watch me. This young man, this rich young ruler, calls Jesus good because he knows Jesus is God. Is it possible that you can be in the presence of what you need and still miss it? Don't miss when you're in the presence of greatness. Jesus said, you know who I am. It's amazing that you can have people around you, watch me, who don't know who you are. I'm going to back that thing up. Back it up. All right. It's amazing how you can have people around you that don't know who you are. I didn't say what you have. I said they don't know who you are. I pray that in 2019, God would surround you with people that know who you are. That can pray for you. That can encourage you. That can check you when you need to get checked. Y'all not talking to me. I pray that you would have people around you that get you. Say, Lord, I receive that. Iron sharpens iron. You need some iron in your life in 2019. If you're iron, you ain't got no business being around aluminum. Aluminum ain't going to do nothing but tick you off because they're too weak. Y'all not hear me? They're too weak for your strength. And some of you keep watering down your strength to match their weakness. And instead, they need to bring their... Somebody say, come down for what? I'm sick and tired of having to water down and having to melt down what it is that God has ordained. Bishop, how do I know if I got iron or aluminum around me? See, aluminum's too soft for iron. If you got to think twice about how you're going to say it, that's aluminum. Because iron can take the raw version of you. Y'all ain't talking to me. Who am I preaching to? I pray you'd have some iron in your life in 2019. Some people that you can keep it 100 with. Some people you can keep it real with and they can keep it real with you. I ain't got time for fake love. Did that in 18. I ain't doing that this year. Shout yeah. Watch me. Watch me. Watch me. He knew who God was. He was like, good teacher. He said, boy, you must know who I am. It opened up Jesus to continue the conversation. When you dishonor, you get dismissed. He honored the Lord. So when he honored the Lord, he's like, why do you call me good? Nobody's good except God. He's saying, you must know who I am. So look at verse 19. You know the commandments. Don't murder. Murder here doesn't just mean literal murder. That's bad. It doesn't just mean that. It means you murder somebody's influence with your tongue. If you were to be brought up and indicted on charges for how many people's influence you've murdered with your tongue, watch this, with information you didn't know to be factual. I had this thing, whenever people to tell me something, I said, okay, so tell me what happened. Well, I feel, baby, I don't care what you feel. That's your first mistake. Tell me what happened. I don't want to hear all that. What happened? Well, I just think, there again I say unto you, tell me the fact because you might be trying to murder somebody and you don't you don't have facts touch your neighbor and say get the facts first stop jumping to conclusions before you have all the facts I come for every conclusion jumper at the 11:15. I rebuke your conclusion jumping before you got facts. Some of you have justified running because you watched this you thought something but you didn't know something and so quiet watch me he says, do not murder, don't commit adultery. That means breaking your covenant. So adultery isn't just you're married and you cheat. Adultery is I covenanted to do something and I didn't keep it. You got that? I'll be there in 10 minutes. You made a covenant. Oh, y'all don't like that? Because everybody like, shoot, well, in that case, my God, Lord, wash me in the blood. You ain't even left the house. 
Talking about, ooh, it's a lot of traffic. Girl, it's up the street. Bye. <laughs> Do not steal. Okay? I'm going to go here. Bible says if we withhold our faithful giving, tithes offers first fruits, Bible calls that robbery. That's theft. Stealing. See how quiet it gets? Don't bear false witness. Don't lie on people. I saw so-and-so and so-and-so and such-and-such and such-and-such. Such such. Did you see it or did you hear it? Well, she had told me, but don't defraud. That means do business right. Do right by business. Honor your father and your mother. Translation, honor your mama and them. Honor means respect. For some of you, it's very difficult to respect people because you were often placed in the position to where you had to invert the roles. And so sometimes when you feel like you had to invert the role, it can be difficult to, re to respect. Not just in this context, in any context. And what you need to understand is honor is a principle. You honor the office, not necessarily the person. Say it's a principle. There were wicked kings in the Bible that God commanded be honored. Whoa, but they're wicked. But God says you honor because you honor the office. Let's move. Uh, verse 20. And he said to him, teacher, all these things I've kept from my youth. He said, I've been doing good since I was a young boy. He already young, but he was like from when I was younger. He's like, I'm, I'm 18 now. He's like, but since 12, I've been doing all this. Not literally, but you catch the point. He says, Jesus. I'm doing well today. I'm a rich young ruler. He said, I got everything they want. <laughs> he said, I'm fresh and clean. I'm dripping. And my drip ain't on credit. Y'all ain't saying nothing. <laughs> That's what he said. He says, I'm doing well, Jesus, because I've practiced these principles since I was a young person. Can I pause for take a minute? Don't be the kind of person that knows the person Jesus but doesn't practice his principles. So all you get out of the gospel is love, which is good, but there's more. There's life. And life more abundantly. I prophesy that you wouldn't just be a talker. You'd be a walker. I prophesy that you wouldn't just stop at Jesus' love, but Jesus' love would take you into a life of abundant life. That's the Greek word zoe, which means you got so much life, you're using your life to bring other people back to life. I prophesy that you will not just be one that talks about the goodness of Jesus. You'll be one that walks the goodness of Jesus. You'll demonstrate it and you'll show it for other people. If you believe that, shout amen. Watch it. He says, I've been practicing these principles since I was a young boy. That's why I'm doing good. Verse 21. And Jesus looked at him and he loves him. Why does he love him? Because he came to him correct. Some doors get slammed in your face because you don't come correct. You can't come with an attitude trying to get advanced. It, it, it's quiet here. You, you, you can't, watch this, you can't be mute and get a miracle. Miracles require modifications. If I want something different, I got to do something different. I can't keep living the way I've been living and expect to get something different. That is the textbook definition of insanity. And I need you to just lay your uh, hand on your neighbor's shoulder and say, stop the insanity. Stop the insanity. You can't keep doing what you've been doing and expecting a different result. Helping somebody else will be duped by that. Watch me. So look at this. And Jesus, verse 21, looked at him and he loved him. And he said to him, you lack one thing. One thing. Say one thing. He says... Go, sell all that you have. Stop. He didn't say get rid of it for free. Jesus said, you're a businessman. Go sell it. Go sell all you have and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Look at me. The Bible says he loved him. He loved him because he came correct. And Jesus said, you're doing a good job at honor. You're doing a good job at protocol. You're doing a good job at all those things. He says, but I, I, I see your problem. Your problem is, watch me. Your problem is that you have all these possessions that have possession of you. You don't have stuff. Stuff has you. Bishop, 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 what's the miracle though, Bishop? I'm going to show you. Sometimes the miracle isn't something you need to get. It's something you need to give. 
Jesus was inviting this rich young ruler, say those three words, rich young ruler, to be a minimalist. Can I say something to you, Lamb 15? Much of what you think you need, you don't. And much of what you want, won't do what you want it for. If I get this, I will be happy. If I get this, I will feel better. If I get this, I'll feel good. Knew that I would. If I get, if I get this relationship, everything will change. Not realizing that you can't complete another person. So an incomplete only. Com if I get this car, my life will be better. If I get this job, my life will be better. My God, if you'll just give me this house, I promise you my whole life will be better. And then you get it and then the new car smell wears off. Then the height wears off and you still ain't happy. I came for somebody in here today. Well, watch this. You are like this rich young ruler. And the truth is we all have been here at some point where we have sought value from our stuff. And much of what you say you need, you don't need. How I know I don't need it? You don't use it. How many things do you right now, do you have on auto-subscribe right now that you do not use? But you might use it one day. How many shirts have you bought that you might wear that you ain't worn? You can't even fit it no more. It's quiet in the church. I'm coming for you. Y'all ain't going to do me like the 915. I got, I got extra prayed up now. Jesus was teaching this man that every possession and every relationship, watch me, number one, should serve a purpose. Number two, it should add value. Based on those two definitions, we got a whole lot of stuff that is, watch this, a waste. It should serve a purpose and it should add value. If it doesn't, question M15, why do you have it? Maybe it's just taking from you and not providing for you. It's quiet in the church. Verse 22, disheartened by the saying, this is a what? Rich young ruler. He said, what? Jesus didn't tell him to give up his money. I need you to catch that. Jesus didn't tell him, watch this, you can never go buy more stuff. Jesus just said, for right now, where we going, you can't take all that. See, you want to fly, but that means you're going to have to drop some stuff. Y'all not talking to me. If you want to be like an eagle and fly, you're going to have to learn how to drop some dead weight. If you want to be like a rocket and take off, you're going to have to learn how to drop some dead weight. Jesus said, watch me. He says, here's my issue with you, son. My issue with you is that, watch me, is that you got emotional about your stuff. And I didn't even say you couldn't have it. You got emotional about possessions so that you turned away and had an attitude with me about your stuff. I, I came for the people who are mad at God because he ain't gave you some stuff. It, 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 it's, it's quiet. It, it, it's amazing, church, because, because I think sometimes in America, we look at Jesus as a genie in the bottle. And I'm going to rub him the right way. And I'll have more stuff. And more stuff means I'm more blessed. And I don't want the stuff just because I want it. I want the stuff so I can prove I'm better than you. That's how Americans think sometimes. You don't want that purse because you like the purse. You want that purse so that you can show all your other hater girls, look, I got a nice purse. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Do you want the truck because you need the truck? Or do you want to roll up to football practice and everybody talk about, ooh, look at the truck. The why behind the what that you possess determines whether or not stuff has you or you have stuff. It's quiet in the church. This man was disheartened. This man is rich. What is he? And now he's walking away with an attitude. Why? Because he had great possessions. His stuff had him. He didn't have it. So when Jesus said minimalize, this guy got emotional. Jesus was just saying it doesn't serve a need and it doesn't have a purpose. Sell it. He didn't even say, I could get that. I could, can, can we be honest? Can we be honest? I could get it if Jesus was like, give everything you have. Give it all away. Even you might get a little, huh, Jesus? Where the honest people at here? 
Be like, huh, I had to work all my life. I had to fight to get this. Jesus didn't even say that. He said, sell it. And can I tell you the truth? Jesus didn't even want him to do that. Jesus just wanted to see how he responds. There are certain things God asks you to sacrifice to see what the real deal is. Whatever you can't walk away from controls you. Whoa. Whatever it is that you cannot say yes to Jesus for controls you. And I think there's some people at this 1115 that can say, Lord, your will be done, not my will. Lift your hand. Say, Lord, your will, not mine. Your will, not mine. I'm not bound by my stuff. I'm not ran by my possessions. What the heck? That's how the tools in Israel were. We shake our heads. Can't believe how they would make idols. What's an idol? Something you put before God. They may have made a golden calf. You, you, you haven't physically made it. You just practice it. Because there's all this other stuff that's more important than church, more important than God, more important than giving, more important than seminar. I'm not saying to beat us up. I'm just saying, could it be that you're listening to this message thinking it's a great message to send to somebody else when actually it's perfect for the person in your seat? And the person with this mic. Somebody say, it's for all of us. Because after you buy the stuff, after you get the relationship, you're still not satisfied. Once the height wears off. Look at verse 23. And Jesus looked around. <laughs> Jesus, so this boy walked off sad. Uh, come here. All right, so I'm going to be the rich young ruler. You be Jesus. <laughs> Got his Jesus beard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so, so tell, tell me, tell me, so, so, so go sell my stuff. And then come follow me. Hmm. <laughs> what the heck is going on? Jesus, you want me to sell my stuff? Hmm. Okay, I'll be back. <laughs> Peter now. Jesus, Bible says Jesus walks around. He walks around. He gets with his disciples. Come here, disciples. Come here, you. Come on, disciple. Come on, disciple. Come on. Come on, disciple. Somebody said Jesus walks. Watch me. Watch. He looks at his disciples. Look at the disciples. And, and Jesus says, Woo-wee. Tell him, tell him. Say, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. For people to enter the kingdom. For people to enter the kingdom. Because to do it my way. Because to do it my way. Means. Means. You can't be possessed. You can't be possessed. By your possessions. Your possessions. And then the disciples like, well, who can be saved? Who can be saved? Y'all got to like, like dramatize it. Come on. One, two, ready, go. Who can be saved? <laughs> he started speaking in tongues. All right. Well, <laughs> thank you, disciples in Jesus. Watch. <laughs> and Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how difficult it would be for those who have, watch me, possessions. Wealth doesn't mean money, because we're going to read it in a little bit. God don't have no problem with you having money, nor does he have a problem with you having stuff. He just doesn't want money and stuff to have you. Look at verse 23. Here it is. And Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how difficult it would be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom. The kingdom, look at me, is not talking about dying and going to heaven. If you look at the news, they will use this scripture to justify why Christians should be broke, busted, and disgusted. And the devil is a lie, and it's mom and them too. Church your neighbor, say, lack is not our portion. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, struggle is not my portion. Say, paycheck to paycheck is not my life. Say, I'm blessed to be a blessing. Say, I'm the head and not the tail. Above and never beneath. They'll use it. Because verse 25 says, it's easy for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. than for a rich person. Rich person here means person with possessions. 
Specifically, the context we're looking at, someone whose possessions have them. It wasn't that he had money. In fact, we're going to read in a little bit where God says, I'm going to hook you up. You, take, you put me first, I'm going to hook you up. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, I got to hook up. Holler if you hear me. Ah, I got to. <laughs> that's, that's old school. That's when we had tapes. And, and CDs with covers. And you thought you was doing it if you had the, the Sony Walkman with the tape insert. Who had the Sony Walkman with the tape insert? And you just was the stuff. Let the sunroof back. Watch me. Here's kingdom. Kingdom. Kingdom means God's MO, God's modus operandi, how God does what he does. Uh, it means heaven's attributes on earth. He says, they will never be able to do things my way. Why? Because they'll think about their stuff instead of putting me first. Because they think living is about possessions instead of purpose. Wow. He says, they'll never be able to do it my way. Because if I say jump, they're going to count their stuff. If I say move, they're going to look at their stuff. If I say sacrifice and give, they're going to count their stuff. They will never do it my way. And they like it my way. But they just don't do it my way. Because their stuff has them. They consult their stuff. Think about this. Some of the stuff we get. Y'all not talking to me. Think about some of the stuff that we get. After you buy it, after you get it, you're still not satisfied. Just think about it for a moment. You're wearing, getting jerseys, nothing against it. You're getting, I got some myself, getting jerseys with other dudes' names on your back. You're getting purses for, watch this, husbands, purses for your wives with another man's name on it. I made a declaration today. I'm the baby, I'm getting you, you can get that foreman. We got a foreman. You ain't, no, we ain't got no Louis here. We have foreman. It's got a V. No L. Because we're not losers. No, I'm just joking. I'm, just, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Really? First mistake. I'm not like most pastors. I'm joking. There's nothing wrong with a Louis purse. There's nothing wrong with a Gucci purse. Nothing wrong with Gucci shoes. Nothing wrong with Prada boots. Unless you think that makes you better than somebody. Unless you think that means you're better than somebody else. Because let's tell the truth. You can spend less and still make it look good. Where the folk at where the truth be told you didn't have to make some stuff happen? You didn't have to put some stuff together and you still came out looking like a million dollars. I need you. I need you to not think because you spend a lot that you look like a lot. Sometimes you can spend little and still look good. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong, y'all, with that. Unless, unless we get our value from that. Unless we think that makes us better than somebody because of that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Unless you think you have value because of that stuff. Ooh. Look at verse 26. And they were exceedingly astonished and said to him, then who can be saved? Jesus looked at him and said, but man, this is impossible, not with God, for with God, all things are possible. Interestingly enough, where Jesus puts this, he says, he says, I put this thing about I can do the impossible when it comes to separating you from your stuff. Isn't that amazing? He's, he says, the thing I'm talking about that's impossible, say miracle, is separating your sense of value or worth from your possessions. Did you catch that? Because what happens? If you don't have possessions, you'll think you have no purpose. If you don't have possessions, there are people right now under the sound of my voice where you're comparing your quality of life to somebody else's based on stuff. And, 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 and no, neither, one is, neither one is bad. Neither one is wrong. The, the person that has things, doesn't have things, neither one is bad or wrong. Except if you're getting your value from that. And in American culture, we often get our value from what we possess. Oh, but in this Bible, Jesus says you're going to need to not let your possessions possess you. Somebody say, I can have stuff. Stuff can't have me. Verse 29 or verse 28. Peter began to say to him, see, we left everything and followed you. And I love Jesus because Jesus has, his, he has a little petty. Because I know what Jesus was thinking when Peter said this. How do you know, Bishop? Because if you just read your Bible, you can see how Jesus responds, especially to Peter. Peter would say stuff, and Jesus would turn his head and say, look, Satan. His name is Peter. He looks at him and says, look, devil. 
You need some friends like that. Then when you're cutting up, they can look at you and say, look. This is, look, Satan, get behind me. So I know when Peter said this, we've left everything. Jesus is like, everything? Your struggling fishing business where you couldn't even catch fish? Oh, you left all that. You left your struggling in life. See, sometimes we overvalue what we have and undervalue what we can achieve. You, you need to know that until Jesus, whatever it was, was the least it will ever be. Because when Jesus steps on the scene, he's got the ability to make all things new. Watch me. He says, we left everything to follow you. And, and so look at verse 29. Jesus said, I truly, I say to you, there's no one who's left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father. So notice, it's not just possessions. It was even relationships. He says, there's some relationships, watch me, that serve no purpose and add no value. Whoa. And sisters and mothers and children and lands, uh, or excuse me, uh, 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 father, children and lands for my sake and for the gospel, verse 30, who will not receive a what? Hundredfold. Well, wait a minute. If Jesus didn't want us to have things, why is he promising hundredfold? If Jesus didn't want us to have resources and money, why is he promising a hundredfold? Touch your neighbor and say, I receive a hundredfold. Now, back, lay your hands on yourself. Say your first name. Say, receive a hundredfold. Ain't nothing wrong with having stuff. Just don't let stuff have you. And you know it has you when you get emotional about it. You know it has you when you get emotional about it. You know it has you when you attach your emotions and your value to stuff. Who am I if I don't have that? Mm -hmm. Talk. Look at this. With persecutions. Now, can, can, I, can I spend a little time there? Um, say persecutions. He said, once I can prove that stuff doesn't have you, I'll give you stuff. In fact, I'll give you 100 times more. Say more. more. Say, I'm ready for more. Ready for more. See, see, the miracle that's going to hit you this month is more. <laughs> Let me talk to them because they ain't said The miracle that's going to hit you is more. Why? Because you went through your less and you proved that the stuff didn't make you. Because you were still faithful without the stuff. You still gave him glory without the stuff. You still were faithful in your giving without the stuff. And since you proved that you can be trusted without stuff, what is he about to give you? A whole lot more. That's Bible. That's Bible. But with persecutions. He said, now, they're going to talk about you. He said, he said, watch this. He said, they're going to talk about you. And they're going to call you materialistic. And what they don't know is you're not. You just put me first, and so I'm blessing you. They're going to call you bougie. They're going to call you grand. You're doing too much. He said, they're going to persecute you. They're going to talk about you. He, he, he said, he said, he said, he said, but, 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 but I'm going to give you more. Then this last part, he says, and eternal life. Wow. So he says, I'm going to bless you in this life. Some people may talk about you. Get over it. Touch your neighbor and say, get over it. In fact, if they're not talking, you probably ain't doing nothing. Sometimes you got to judge your level of effectiveness by how many people are talking about you. That must be good. And I'm going to give you eternal life. This is a great deal. It's a phenomenal deal. So here it is. Here it is. Y'all ready? So here's my challenge to us at the end of this message. You ready? And then I got one more verse, verse 31, then we'll shout, but we're not there yet. I want to challenge you during the fast to reduce your spending. Whoa, 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 whoa. Reduce your spending. If you don't need it and it doesn't serve a purpose, why get it? Now, I'm not saying take this to the extreme. Some people will take it to the extreme and say, Bishop, I just decided I ain't getting no more makeup, I ain't getting no more deodorant, I ain't getting no more lotion. Baby, you need all three of them. I need you not to take it there. Please. Please, please don't do that. Please. The devil is alive. Give God your best. I'm serious. Um, but watch me. But watch this. So, so, Say reduce spending. If you don't need it, it doesn't add value, don't buy it. Sow it. For some, for some of us, some stuff needs to be thrown out. Listen, daughter, 
Um, I know in 88 you could wear that size too. It's 19. 2019. So if you can't wear it, I'm talking about, but I'm working on it. You've been working on this since 88. You don't want to wear this. Fold this up. Wash it. Give it to somebody that can use it. And if they can't use it because it's out of, you know, 88 <laughs> to 19, <laughs> you know, it'll cycle around, but we ain't quite there yet. All you got to do is give it to somebody. And there's some stuff, guys, it's spring. Just go spring cleaning. Please don't teach your children to be pack rats. <laughs> Holding on to stuff. Just got stuff. Just stuff. That's just stuff. This is half of my zebra when I was four. <laughs> half your zebra? I think the other half wants to unite. Isaiah says the animals go to heaven, so let the zebra go. You got that first part? Here's the next part. Here's the next part. I'm talking slow because I want us to get it. I, I know harvest, and so if I don't say it directly and clearly, I got to be clear. Bring clean clothing. What type? Clean clothing. Not the shirt you're going to take off after church today, talking about I feel free in Jesus' name. Wash it. Iron it. And bring it. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to receive clothing. We're going to receive it during the offering starting Wednesday. We're going to receive it right up here. And then we're going to give it away at the end of the month to people that need it. Okay? What are we receiving? Clean clothing. If you, if you got jewelry, you want to bring it? Bring real jewelry. Don't bring us stuff where the silver plate is wearing off. No, I just need to be clear. Just need to be clear. Okay? Don't bring me none of your Spencers or, or, or what's the little CCs? What's the little thing? No, Claire's. <laughs> Spencer's what popped up my head. I, uh, the little electricity thing. Nobody else remembers that? I don't like the judgment in the room right now. I'm, I really ain't feeling it. <laughs> I love you, though, Harvest. Love you. Love you. I love you, Harvest. I love you, Harvest. <laughs> Amen. All right, watch me. Watch me. What kind of clothing? And, and we'll do it. Huh? Starched. Iron. Good. Now, now, here's the deal. Just bring it. We're going to receive it during the offerings. Why? We're going to give it away at the end of this month to people who need it. There's stuff we are carrying around we need to let go. I started this a couple of weeks ago, so I, I got bags and stuff ready to go. I got stuff ready to go. Coat that I kept from when I was big bussing. Talking about, I'm going to get it cut down. I'm going to get it cut down. And that jacket still ain't been cut down. That jacket been sitting in that closet. I said, I'm going to get this jacket to some man that can use this jacket. I said, why am I holding on to this stuff? Touch the neighbor and say, let it go, let it go, let it go. All right? Now, that you, stuff that you don't need, nor use, nor want, and some stuff you just need to throw away. You got it? So this is, we're going to practically implement this. Uh, throughout the church this month. So starting Wednesday, you'll bring it up during the offering and then we'll receive that. Y'all got that? All right, here's verse 31. And I'm getting ready to close. Verse 31. It says, but many who are first will be last and the last will be what? First. Here's the miracle, church. When they minimalized, the miracle was increased because they could be trusted with possessions. When you prove that you can let go of stuff, God will then trust you with stuff. When you prove that stuff doesn't have you, God can use stuff. Some of you hold on to stuff so tight that God says, I can't get anything new into your hands because of how you hold on to what was in your hands. Say the miracle of minimalism. Say it again. Say the miracle of minimalism. Now, here's what happens. When, when we pass this test, that's why this is the first Sunday message of this series. When we pass this test, church, then God says, I can trust you with stuff because I know stuff doesn't have you. I'll give you stuff you didn't even ask for. I'll make people bless you with stuff that you thought about having but didn't go get it, and I'll make them give it to you. Because I know I can trust you with stuff. How many of us, let's be honest, how many of us, let's be honest, that, that, that maybe we just learned today that maybe we got a, some stuff kind of had us a little bit, just a little bit, just a little bit. Un pequeño. 
Southern Spanish. It's real, real bit. Pray this prayer. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, I release my hold of my attachment to stuff. Some people want it all. Say it. But I don't want nothing at all. If it ain't you, Jesus. This month, strengthen my love for you. Above possessions, above any other relationships. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, and at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God, and they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means, that not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word decision to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.